This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro What's going on, everybody? This is Jesse Carter, and you are listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Today, I'm joined with my co-host, James Pennard Jr., and we are about to cover WrestleMania 19. What's going on, James? I'm doing good, Jesse. How about you, man? How's it going? Well, it's good, man. You know, just dealing with all these uh, forest fires, all the smoke. Um, it's getting a little uh, tedious. Ready for my sunshine to be back. Yeah, we'll just get this whole damn year done with in general. Yeah, let's just hope that 2021 doesn't say hold my beer. Yep, I agree with so, that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, WrestleMania 19, you know, we're going to get into why this was the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Um, you can you can hate me on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Carter Inc., C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C on Twitter, and you can let me know how much you hate me for saying this, but WrestleMania 19 was the greatest WrestleMania. And that wasn't just because I was there live, but this WrestleMania was held on March 30th, 2003 Seattle, Washington Safeco field had an attendance of 54,097 man. I can't wait for the fans to come back. Oh yeah. The fans are a big part of the show. And uh, yeah, this was probably one of the best WrestleManias. I mean, I know it always debated between this and 17 but honestly, I think the bigger hype to me was 19, just that stack card and uh, obviously Austin's last match. And uh, just top to bottom, this this WrestleMania was very memorable. Wouldn't you say so yourself? Oh, it's 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 a no brainer, man. Um, a lot of people will say WrestleMania 17 was the best. Um, I am. I am going to disagree, man. Um, this card was stacked from top to bottom and we're even counting Sunday night heat before the, the pay-per-view went live. We had Rob Van Dam and Kane facing chief Mar, uh, Morley rather and Lance storm. And they had the Dudley boys in their corner and it was for the world tag team champions. And I couldn't think of a better way to kick this night off with a bang. Um, one of the best Sunday night heat matches that I've seen. And, and I'm not going to, say it's better than the rock and mankind obviously that that that's a whole nother uh podcast in itself but um this was one of the top sunday night heat matches that we get to see and it was a good way to start off the night oh i totally agree maybe if regal was around and he would have been in val venus's uh position but of course we got chief marley um tagging with lance storm which lance storm very technical wrestler can't rather them very cool ass tag team and then obviously the legendary tag team, the Dudley boys. Surprisingly, these guys were on Sunday Night Heat. Wish this would have made the card, but other than that, very good kickoff, and I would agree, probably one of the best uh, Sunday Night Heat matches. 
Definitely, man. I was a little disappointed that we seen Rob Van Dam and Kane lose this one, and uh, we're not going to get into too much detail on the matches tonight. Uh, uh, we'll cover some of the some of the favorites, of course, but um, this isn't um, a review show. This is stating fact. WrestleMania 19 was the best, and we're going to tell you why. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the first uh, match of the night. Technically, I mean, it was on Sunday Night Heat. It wasn't on the pay per view, but the as soon as they kick off the pay-per-view, they also kick that off with a bang. Rey Mysterio faced Matt Hardy for the Cruiserweight Championship. And this is when uh, Shannon Moore was in his corner. And um, man, I mean, Rey Mysterio came out in the Daredevil outfit. Um, quite the entrance. Um, the rampway was was really different than anything we had seen at that point. Um, it, it was just it was just spectacle, was it not? I mean, this this looked amazing. Oh, yeah, I believe. Was this the first ever baseball field? I believe they ever did uh, WrestleMania. I mean, I know they did like Caesars Palace for one of the manias. Was this the first baseball? Actually, field? or was there? Another no, one? I think 17 was I think 17 was also in the baseball stadium, wasn't it? Uh, it was in Texas. I don't recall. Oh, yeah, maybe the Astros Stadium. I, I, th- I think it was in the Astros Stadium. So so these were the beginning. Um, these were the beginning stadium shows. So now every year we get WrestleMania in stadium, right? Except for 2020 because it sucks. But um, we do get football stadiums now. Um, WrestleMania 17 was performed in a baseball stadium. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter. Um, That's totally up to you. Um, From what I recall, WrestleMania 17, 18, and 19 were all held in uh, baseball stadiums. Yeah, and this was a cool ass arena. It wasn't like the typical, you know, entrance ramp just going straight through to the ring. It was at an angle, and it was different. But man, that crowd was so hyped up. It was a sold out. It was practically sold out of a show. And uh, like you said, they start off with a banger: Matt Hardy and, and uh, Rey Mysterio for the cruiserweight title. Um, Rey always doing the cool ass, um, you know, entrance, jumping out of the ramp onto the onto the stage, and then. Matt Hardy, I was actually a big fan of Matt Hardy's when he was doing the V1 gimmick and being a cocky bastard. And uh, now this is a good way to start off the show, just to get the fans all hyped up. Definitely, man. I mean, the match told a story. Um, you know, Matt Hardy was being his heel heel character at the time, and uh, Shannon Moore in his corner, of course, and pulling the dirty ta- uh, tactics outside of the ring. Um, this was the first, I do believe, um, this was the first WrestleMania that Mysterio started doing his special, his special attires, um, paying tribute to certain characters. Um, we've seen him, you know, perform as Joker and, and Captain America, a few others, you know, this, this night was daredevil. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was a little weird to see Mysterio's mask. It was a little different than normal. It didn't have the chin strap. So it was a little, uh little awkward i was kind of worried about his mask falling off during the match i remember watching that live and thinking that same thing but um yeah i mean uh hardy ended up picking up the victory and retaining the cruiserweight championship as he should at the at at the end of this um it was it was a great story told and a great way to kick off the pay-per-view and and let me just say this this pay-per-view looked so different um, compared to all the other WrestleManias that we've seen, the lighting, like you just mentioned, um, the lighting was so different, especially being in the arena. It was just so surreal. Um, I had never seen anything lit like that before. And, um, actually if you watch it back on, on the WWE network, it's kind of hard to see the ring skirts as well. 
normally you will always be able to see that ring skirt where it says WrestleMania. This one, it was just angled slightly right at the ring canvas. And it, it was, it was nice. I mean, it was different. It, it was not the normal look for um, their presentation that they usually um, pull out. You know, I mean, it's, it, it was, it was a great night, man. I, I, I couldn't have been more happy with it. Thankfully I wasn't on the floor. So um, I know that everybody that sat on the floor for this one um, had a little bit of a hard time seeing and there's a lot of fans in front of them. It's not like your normal football stadium setup. And even at the football stadiums, it's a little hard to see on the floor unless you're the first couple of rows. But this one was uh, fun, man. I mean, I was elevated enough. I seen everything good. Um, Great night, man. Don't forget to check out Rent Ray Podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, which is my name, Brennan Martin. Look up Brennan Martin. It features a profile of myself and Chavo Guerrero. And, and Rant Ray Podcast contains four main hosts, which is myself, Jordan Little, Andrew Hawking, and David St. Dennis, as we discuss out news, sports, video games, movies, TV shows, pro wrestling, and much, much more, and also exclusive interviews as well, including talent from Prestige Wrestling, Fi, Without a Cause, I mean, and a whole lot more, including former WWE superstars and also current AEW superstars as well. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, which is Rant Ray Podcast, and also the Twitter page at RNR Podcast 19. Capital RNRP, rest for it, Laura King's including number 19. Same handle with Instagram, but all of its lowercase, including number 19. And don't forget to check out the, to listen all podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple podcast buzzsprout and many more many available platforms as well and also do not forget to check out the store which is brainbusterds.com for your rent rate podcast merch including the fanny pack face mask t-shirts uh hoodies stickers hats uh hoodies sweatshirts tank top joggers a beanie as well and many more to go so that, and to look that up is brainbustertees.com slash other slash rant dash and dash rave dash podcast slash. And always the rant and rave podcast. The pro wrestling shoot listeners. It is I, Conrad Cushman from Everything Pro Wrestling, here to let you know that Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. And you guys can catch us on YouTube where we record all of our podcast episodes live, where we get fan interaction, fan feedback, and get your thoughts on everything happening in the pro wrestling world. So do us a favor, join us on Wednesdays after AEW Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us in the live stream. Come on in and leave your thoughts about AEW Dynamite. We also do pay-per-view reviews for all of your favorite companies, whether it's WWE, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Sometimes we even pop up with a local indie review. Just make sure you're subscribed to Everything Pro Wrestling on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us on the go and you want to just listen to the audio versions, we are also featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, let's get back to listening to Jesse and the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, they even broke an attendance record at the damn arena. I mean... And I don't know if they, and I believe it's still the same attendance record at this point. I don't think it's been broken since. So this was a big ass deal. 
And uh, this was actually the first WrestleMania, I believe, they were used in the the WWE logo at the time or when they went by WWE at the time. I'm not sure. I believe that's what I've heard. Um, I can't remember that. Um, but it, it quite possibly could be. This was at the get the F out era era. And um, they were, you know, promoting the WWE after they went through that law, lo- uh, the lawsuit with WWF World Wildlife Foundation. So, yeah, I mean, you could be right. This could have been in that that at that moment. Um, yeah, it was, it was good, man. All time attendance record still set today, obviously, because Seattle doesn't want to do anything. They don't want to get like new, new events happening in that venue at all. Um, fun fact though, uh, we we're supposed to get Royal rumble 2021 in Safeco field, which is no longer Safeco field by the way. Um, but we're supposed to get, um, Royal rumble 2021, no word of that happening anytime soon. So I don't think that that's going to happen, but I do believe that Royal rumble would have broken that attendance record. Oh, I agree. And then that just what all the technology and everything nowadays, you wonder what they could do right now compared to what they did in 2003. This would have been, and probably a sold out crowd, of course. And, uh, yeah, WrestleMania or uh, excuse me, Royal rumble for 2021 at Safeco or, I, I apologize. I believe it's like T-Mobile Arena or something like that. It, it is, yes. Okay. Um, that would be a cool, a cool arena to have it in. Yeah, I mean, all of us down here in the Washington area were super pumped about it. I mean, I was going to make it happen. It's a little far for me to drive in a on a January, you know, and it's just um, a lot of snow on the way there. So um, I was actually going to catch a flight in. To, to see this, there was no way I'm going to miss a Royal rumble. That's in Seattle. Um, this is, this would have been my first Royal rumble ever. Cause I'm not, that's one pay-per-view that's still on my bucket list. I have not been to a Royal rumble. It's I'm going to make it happen. So, um, that one and, um, SummerSlam, those are the two main pay-per-view. I've been to so many pay-per-views over the years, but I'm still missing two of the main pay-per-views that I have not been to SummerSlam and Royal rumble. Oh, yeah, it's on my bucket list. I mean, you've been to WrestleMania twice. Um, obviously, I missed out on WrestleMania 21, and I was hoping to go to WrestleMania this year, and then the virus happened. So it's still up in the air if we're going to have it. But um, I would be pumped up to go to WrestleMania at the new Ram Stadium. But, but yeah. I so think it's going to happen, dude. Like, I, I, I wouldn't put it past WrestleMania to make it with fans this year. Um, you still have until what they, they, they have March. Is it March that they're going to do this year's WrestleMania? I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's March. The arena's already building everything. They just had a football game there. Um, very huge. And, uh, they can do a lot of things. They have like a, I guess like a, how would I, how would I say it for the, like, um, usually when you go to a wrestling event, they have like the big square screen in the middle of the arena. Well, there's, they have like a circular, a circular camera like, so that'd be a little different compared to normal WrestleManias, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're in September. We got a couple months. Maybe there'll be there should be a vaccine by then, and I would be pumped to go to WrestleMania. At least my first one. I've been to multiple Summer Slams, uh, Hell in the Cell. I went to once. I've been to Raw's and SmackDowns. Um, there's still going to be a lot of bucket list pay per views I'd like to go to, but uh, well, yeah. I will be joining you at this WrestleMania guaranteed. If if this happens, um, me and you will definitely get tickets together and we'll go to this 
Um, there's no way I'm missing WrestleMania in California, especially if this is going to be the first WrestleMania back from the pandemic. Can you imagine how insane this crowd is going to be? Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, we need some, we need something. We need some life in this world right now. I mean, we're getting some things back, but, uh, a wrestling event with fans. Well, whoever gets that first, you better cheer and cheer and just go crazy. It's going to be an emotional time for sure. It doesn't even matter what event it is that we have a full packed arena. It could even be a concert. It doesn't matter. Like at this point, it, it, it could be AEW T, uh, impact. It could be WWE, whoever gets the crowds. I don't care. Um, it's going to be an emotional time for everybody, especially people watching at home. You know what I mean? Because we're, we just miss the crowd interaction with, with professional wrestling. I mean, they've I, bless all their hearts. You know what I mean? They've done their best that they can to, to make up for that. You know, you got the Thunderdome, AEW is holding some attendance in their, in their audiences. So, I mean, it's very small. It's about a hundred people or 200 people, something like that. But I mean, Hey, it's something. But as soon as we get a packed arena, it's going to be very um, emotional for all involved, I'm sure, especially people watching at home. Oh, yeah, it's giving us some hope. So all we got to do is just sit around, be safe, and uh, we'll start – hopefully we start reliving crowds like this, like like this WrestleMania. So Definitely, man. So here in the next match, right after the Mysterio-Hardy match, um, it was quite possibly um, – the biggest one of the biggest letdowns of the night. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the type of match that we're used to seeing this man in. So we got the Undertaker and Nathan Jones facing the big show and A Train in a tag team match, but Nathan Jones wasn't a part of this match. He he was attacked during a Sunday night heat uh, segment earlier on in the night. And so we get the Undertaker versus the Big Show and A Train in a handicap match. Not typically your um, normal Undertaker match for WrestleMania. And at the time, they did announce that his streak was still alive after he won this match. But um, it was shortly before this that somebody had even brought up to him that he was undefeated. Now, if they were, if they knew that they were going to turn this into a thing, you think we would have gotten a different match for The Undertaker that night? Oh, I think so. I mean, because originally it was promoted as, uh, yeah, Taker... And uh, Jones tagging up versus Big Show and A-Train. And then, you know, and what I find funny about this was, yeah, like you stated, Nathan Jones got attacked uh, on heat by uh, Big Show. And then they just laid a padded chair on the back of him. And I'm like, that's supposed to take him down? You know, I'm like, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, this was a big was- guy. Nathan Jones was not a little guy. <laughs> Yeah, and I believe this. Yeah, like you said, I believe this was the first pay per view they started stating like, "Oh, hey, uh, Taker's undefeated, and the streak is a thing." You know, I mean, it took him because what what match was this for his career? I believe it was what ten. I can't even remember. I can't even remember what uh, number he was at at this point. But um, yeah, I mean, I just i I think that if they would have known that this was going to be a thing. They, this was just totally unplanned, right? Like they didn't plan on the undertaker being undefeated and having this streak at WrestleMania. Now, if they would have thought that they were going to do this 10 more years down the road, um, you just would have thought they would have, um, put the undertaker in a much bigger, um, position on the, on, not only on the card, 
but with a bigger um, athlete as well. I mean, I, he could have even wrestled Big Show in a singles match, but I do not think that this would have been a handicap match had they had known what this was going to turn into years down the road. No, and uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, maybe if, if they knew about the streak a while back, maybe they would have just done Taker versus Big Show. That maybe would have got bigger draw for it. I mean, A-Train, eh, he wasn't that big. He was really known for tag team, in my opinion. Nathan Jones, big guy, kind of a flop at the time. And uh, and it was just a weird, it was just a weird, odd match to me, you know? But um, it wasn't like your typical, like you said, typical Undertaker match. It was a handicap match. And all his other matches he's done in the streak were all one-on-ones and either a regular singles match or some stipulation was involved. So this was... This was probably the oddest one, but hey, it was good acknowledgement. They've they've just happened to know. Hey, we're gonna start doing the streak thing, and hell, it was the biggest thing at WrestleMania. That was just the typical thing when you watch WrestleMania. You're wondering, is Taker gonna lose the streak or is he gonna keep retaining it? And he did it for so long. Yeah, I mean, when I went to this WrestleMania, um, Taker was the last thing in my mind. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, oh man, I can't wait to see the undertaker. No, it, cause it wasn't a thing back then. Um, and then when I went to WrestleMania 24, a few years later, that was the biggest thing, right? Like, oh man, I, I just want to see if taker keeps his streak alive. So they, I, you know, I think they really dropped the ball with putting him in this handicap match. I mean, I, I do believe that the reason for it was Nathan Jones was a bit injured, uh, the night before or, something happened. I think it was, uh, the, the previous Monday night raw or something that he had gotten injured. So that's why they decided to pull him from this match, make it a handicap match. Um, the undertaker did come out to uh limp biscuit playing his theme song, which was, um, pretty entertaining. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, um, it, it was cool. You know what I mean? It, it was cool to see taker get in the ring and interact with Fred Durst and stuff like that. Um, it was very entertaining entrance that, but that's, that's pretty much all I can take out of that match. That was exciting was watching him come down the ramp on his bike and, um, you know, having Limp Bizkit play the theme song. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I could take out of that match for excitement. I mean, the rest of the match was kind of a dud for me. Oh yeah. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty fucking badass. I mean, Undertaker coming out with Limp Limp Bizkit music, of course, or them performing his theme song. Um, it was pretty damn cool, and it was he was he was pretty badass. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was badass. I I loved it. Like I thought it was cool. Um, once the match started, I said, "Okay, um, hope this picks up." I wasn't really a wasn't really a big A Train guy. I wasn't really big on Nathan Jones. Um, really wasn't big on the Big Show. I mean. Um, the excitement of that match was the undertaker. I, I mean, that's really the only attraction that we had in this match was the undertaker. So moving on and in, in the third match, we get Victoria versus jazz and Trish Stratus for the, it was a triple threat for the women's championship. This match was all right. It was really good. It was solid. Um, at the time, three of the top women competitors. Um, this was when, in my opinion, when women's wrestling really started to kick in and, and introduce some some women's wrestlers that that actually wanted to to wrestle like these men did. I mean, Jazz was phenomenal, Victoria was phenomenal, and of course, Trish Stratus paved the way for many of the women that we see today. So, um, great women's match. I mean, this was not a dud whatsoever. Um, 
I, I thought it was great. What'd you think? Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, you had probably the top three women wrestlers at the time and in that match and you know 2003 the appeal was you know women's wrestling wasn't really much of a deal but you had certain super superstars that were trying to get up there and pave the way for current wrestling like right now with the women with the women's revolution and these three phenomenal match of course trish stratus being the badass she is winning so many women's titles um victoria she has a very good uh, technical wrestling. Same with Jazz. And uh, yeah, this was a very good match. Very entertaining. Um, honestly, I want to say this was like the start of the, I guess, women's re- uh, revolution back in the day. Because most of the time it was just them doing like sex appeal skits with the women, which they did on the show later on. But this was a very good match. And uh, the right person, of course, went over. Um, I would say if anybody has not seen this match, I would recommend it. Compared to compared to the women's wrestling right now, which is good, but this was good as well, and you wouldn't expect this back in two thousand three the way they portrayed women in wrestling. But yeah, this is very good. Definitely, man. If you haven't seen it, I mean, go give it a try on the WWE Network. Um, it, it was great. I mean, I was not really a fan of women's wrestling back then, and to see, to be able to see this one live, it was exciting, man. It was definitely. Uh, a step up from what they had been doing on the Monday night shows. And I mean, of course, you know, you have Trish Stratus and Lita always performing, but Victoria and jazz, man, super underrated. Um, great match. Um, Trish Stratus ended up going over in the match and winning the women's title. She actually was, uh, she actually ended up tying the fabulous Mula's record for four title reigns. So that's an interesting fun fact, but the next matchup we had on the card is not something that gets talked about enough. I'm telling you right now, it does not get talked about enough. Um, if you think of WrestleMania 19, I guarantee that this match is never brought up. It was a triple threat WWE Tag Team Championship match between team of Rhino and Chris Benoit against the Los Guerreros, uh, Chavo and Eddie, and then Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. I mean, wow. These guys killed it. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Obviously, Los Guerreros, phenomenal team. Team Angle, of course, the storylines they've gone through. And then Chris Van Wall and Rhino. Man, those guys were hell of wrestlers. And for a triple death, for just for some titles, whew, I would, you know, this is something I would want WWE currently to have this is like a prime example of what i would like to see great superstars Dude, t- team angle for one i mean i know we're going to talk about um the los guerreros but um uh, man i just cannot 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 say this enough how underrated was team angle man shelton benjamin and charlie haas they were so phenomenal to watch, man. They had so many great tag team matches that just get overlooked today, man. They, they nobody, nobody says anything about these guys, and this needs to be said. Damn it, it needs to be said. Um, these guys were one of the greatest tag teams back then, and just super underrated, man. Um, Chris Benoit and, and Rhino was a very surprising tag team, but they were also um, very underrated in, in their short run. Um, and obviously, you know, there no introduction needed for, for Chavo and Eddie, you know, two of the greatest of all time. 
And, you know, th- this match just killed it, man. Y- you've had, you know, the, the triple threat women's match, and then you go straight into this triple threat tag team match. Uh, phenomenal, man. Perfect job. Perfect delivery by WWE to, to put this match right after that. Um, way to pick the crowd back up. Like, not that it needed picked up because that triple threat women's match was amazing. So, but I think that they, that WWE thought that it wasn't going to deliver as well as it did. So them having two jam packed matches back to back, uh, actually three jam packed matches back to back. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's incredible. Like, um, yeah, this match just doesn't get talked about enough. You guys need to go and watch this. If you, if you don't remember it, go and watch the match. Um, the, the finish was Rhino delivered a gore on Chavo, but Benjamin tagged himself into the match and pinned Chavo to win the match and retain the tag team championships. So perfect little hill um, finish. Wasn't the finish that everybody wanted, but it the match just paid off so well that it didn't even matter what the finish was at this point. Um, the match was just phenomenal, man. Yeah, it was the typical, you know, heat that a heel gets, you know, tagging tagging yourself in. Um, especially triple threat tag team matches. I like the surprise factor. Usually it's just two wrestlers going in and another tag team member from a different team. That's not anything, you know, secure the surprising win. Um, well, like you said, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, whoever thought of putting them as team angle, I bravo. Cause they were the good, the greatest team probably to put and pair together with angle and just the matching outfits. They always had used to dress up like angle, man. They were a phenomenal team. Uh, the whole package of an angle was just, uh, and no pun intended for Kurt Angle, but the <laughs> whole package of the angle was just perfect. Exactly what you said, it was perfect. They Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, you just couldn't you 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 couldn't think of anybody else better to pair up. Yeah, they were literal like copies of Kurt Angle. I mean, I believe they had like collegiate wrestling. I believe both, I believe both of them, or at least they seemed like they had uh, wrestling backgrounds. And uh, yeah, they were a good team. Los Girls, obviously, we know who they are. Hell of a tag team. The great, great Eddie Grail and Chavo. Man, the high flying, just the high flying factor they had, and very showboating. And uh, they were, they were one of the best. And then obviously, Chris Benoit being the cripple crossface, um, and Rhino, greatest thing with the gore. And I think, in my opinion, probably the best spear of all time. But um, very good match whatsoever. Um, and honestly, the, the finish was finish was fine. Good match. And uh, like you said, them stacking a triple threat women's match, entering to a, whim, uh, to a men's tag team match. It got the crowd going. And uh, it was a good stacking, pretty much. I mean, usually WWE doesn't do good stacking with the card if put in what match where to get the crowd flowing. And this was a nice uh, go-ahead after the women's match. So I would recommend to watch this match on the network as well, just like the women's. And if, and if this hasn't gotten you excited about this pay-per-view, this is, this is four stacked matches. Yes. The taker match was a little bit of a dud, but it's still the undertaker. So you have four stacked matches. That's not counting the tag team match that we had on Sunday night heat. We are about to get in to the fifth match. And let me tell you the build up to this match was absolutely perfect. Um, you just don't have them like this anymore. And we got um, we got Chris Jericho facing Shawn Michaels. And um, wow, this was one of the better matches that I've ever seen Jericho in. 
Um, Shawn Michaels as well. These guys just killed it. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, these guys, of course, Shawn Michaels being a Hall of Famer, Jericho going to be a future Hall of Famer as well. Um, man, what a phenomenal match. The build to this was so great. Chris Jericho pretty much idling, uh, idolized Shawn Michaels. And then Chris Jericho Hill is gold whatsoever. Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania. This, in my opinion, was probably the best match on the whole entire card, in my honest opinion. Um, it always gets compared with both of them. Shawn Michaels being the greatest or Chris Jericho. And what a hell of a match. And, you know, hell, you were a lucky guy to see this match live in person. I mean. It was it was one of the greatest matches that I've ever seen live. The The best match that I ever seen live was with these same two guys. And they were in a ladder match at no mercy. So, I mean, that just goes to show you how talented both these men are. Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, like you said, the buildup was just amazing. Um, you know, what a story to tell Chris Jericho idolizing Shawn Michaels. And then you just all, you know, growing up, all I wanted to be was like Shawn Michaels. They showed the posters on his wall. They showed him dressing up like Shawn Michaels. They showed it. They showed it all. Everything that they needed to show. I'm so glad that Chris Jericho kept some of this home footage and some of the, the home pictures to um, add in this in this angle. It was just phenomenal man what a great match Shawn michaels ends up picking up the victory um ended up uh i, th- I think he ended up winning with a roll-up this night didn't he uh, i believe it was like a backslide pin or something like that but yeah yeah it was some, yeah. Sort, of, some so, sort of roll up roll up pins jericho um after after the match is said and done jericho you know he's crying he's super happy and and blessed to be in the ring with his idol he goes and he offers to shake Shawn michaels hand and of course they hugged and then bam jericho gives him the the low blow hurled heard around the world and you know what a what an awesome ending and what a story to tell and they continue this feud for years to come it, it all culminated at No Mercy, the match that I was just talking about. And and this was years later. I mean, Jericho had his hair cut by then. And, you know, it was, it was just wow. Like, what a, what a buildup. And, and I would have to agree, this is arguably the best match of the night. Oh, yeah. And the storytelling was all told in the ring. Jericho mocking, uh, mocking Sean, pretty much doing the kip up, doing the super kick, which I believe he pulled a super kick on him at one point. Um, just the storytelling was there and the chemistry, my, my goodness, this, I would recommend to someone that has never watched wrestling. This was a hell of a match. And yeah, like you said, obviously Sean with the, or Jericho with all the home videos of him having Jericho or Shawn Michael posters. And man, I just, this was a memorable match. And then obviously, yeah, Jericho still sticking with his heel tactic, acting like, you know, what a fabulous match crying and the low blow appears and yeah, they continue it. And it was probably the greatest thing they did. And, um, man, I would rewatch this again over and over. What a hell of a match chemistry future. Hall it was of a hell. Of, it was a hell of a match. And, and the, the one part where, um, Chris Jericho, after he after he gave him the low blow, he put his hand in Shawn Michaels' face, and just the look of the look on Chris Jericho's face as he smudged his face away from him and threw him to the ground. It was just the perfect finish, man. I, I absolutely loved it. 
And unfortunately, right after that, we come to the let me up part of the night. And this is quite frankly, the only bad part of WrestleMania 19 was um, a fatal four way pillow match. (laughs) It was, uh, it was definitely a let me up for me at the time. I remember rewatching it once uh, the pay-per-view came out on DVD, but this was time to go buy my merch. I went and bought my merchandise. I went to the bathroom, got myself a hot dog came back and they were still kind of at it. It was uh Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson, and uh a couple of other women that I just cannot think of at the time right now. I can't remember who they were. Were they the GoDaddy girls? Who who were they? You know, I just watched the video about this and it was like some Miller it, it, they were like some Miller Light girls or something, some sponsorship and yeah, I remember that. There was like a bed in the middle or a bed it was like a it was right at the yeah, rampway. Yeah, it was right they, on the right on the stage. Yeah, and they and they had back uh, backstage segments about three or four times, just mentioning them all damn night. And uh, this was the thing in two thousand three. That's how wrestling incorporated women was. You know, fulfill my fantasy matches and and pillow fights and all that. That was just the thing to do. And you know, well, that was pretty much this was the break, but back in the day. You know, everyone just said, oh, hell with it. We're just going to watch it. It's women. You know, that was just a typical thing. Yeah. It's not like nowadays. Yeah. I- well, it was a piss break for me. Merchandise break, food break. Um, and I believe at the time, a smoke break. That's when I smoked. So <laughs> went out and did all those things. Came back just in time to see the match go to a no contest. And um, all four women ended up pulling Coachman's pants down and pinning Coach. So, uh, yeah, what a what a nightmare. Anyway, now that we're past that, that was the only bad part about WrestleMania 19. Um, The next match was the World Heavyweight Championship match between Booker T and Triple H. Um, Of course, Triple H having Ric Flair at his corner. So this this one had a really touchy, um, a really touchy buildup to it. Did it not like it? You know, Booker T being um, incarcerated and and talking about his past, and you know what I mean, and um, the struggle growing up triple H, um, not being very, uh, sympathetic or even empathetic to Booker T during this buildup and uh, t- men have times changed because if they would have ran this buildup today, um, we would have seen some backlash. There would have been some serious heat. I mean, yeah, like you said, the buildup to this, um, yeah, the, just the icing on the cake with this was, yeah, Booker T talking about, I believe when he, yeah, like you said, incarcerated, went to jail. And uh, I believe Triple H went on the topic like, oh, you guys want a world champion that went to jail and whatnot. He's not a good person. And Rivetelli, of course, Booker T is black. And uh, yeah, this would have got a lot of heat currently nowadays. And I know Vince McMahon is cuckoo and will do some vulgar things on TV. You know, this obviously it got phased out. Wrestling fans, I don't think, looked at this as bad as it is nowadays. But um yeah, that was an odd that was an odd one. But you know, there was things in two thousand three, like I mentioned earlier. The women, you know, the the way you got women into uh you know, wrestling was all the sex appeal and whatnot. That was the thing in two thousand three. Wrestling was way different. Nowadays, it's not like that. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Um, The match was great. I remember at one point I was just so looking forward to Booker T going over in this one. I thought it was going to be his night. 
Um, unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, Triple H ended up winning and retaining the world title. But what a match it was. Told such a story in there. Um, Booker T fought for his life in this match and everything was on the line for him. They just don't have this kind of storytelling in wrestling anymore. And this this was just quite the buildup, quite the match. Um, WrestleMania is at, I mean, we still got a few more matches and this has been a success already, has it not? Oh yeah, I would totally agree. And, you know, and it was like the typical WrestleMania card, uh, like nine matches and Thank goodness it wasn't how many how many hours did this pay per view pay per view go like five or six hours compared to what now it is no, today with no it didn't even days. go five or six hours this this was a this was a four hour card if that which I like because WrestleMania nowadays you know what I'm talking about like, like all you guys would know WrestleMania two days of wrestling is too damn much for me I like wrestling as much as the next person but. Jesus, not two days of wrestling. This was probably the perfect way to do wrestling whatsoever. This was not a two-day needed event. It was not even a six-hour needed event. This was uh, about a three-and-a-half-hour-long event. And boy, did they squeeze some classics in this, man. Uh, The final, or not the final, I'm sorry about that, the seventh match. So this is seven matches already in. And um, what a buildup this was. 19 years in the making. Or 20 years in the making, whatever. 20 20 years, yeah, 20 years in the makings. I stand corrected. 20 years in the making, a street fight between Hulk Hogan and the chairman, Vince McMahon. I thought this match was going to suck. This was the first time that I ever got to see Hulk Hogan live. Um, As a fan, I was just a a little Hulkamaniac. I was stoked about this. And um, the first time I thought I was going to see Hulk Hogan live was when I went to SmackDown for the very first time. And when I got there, I did not watch SmackDown the previous week, and I did not know that Brock Lesnar basically killed this man, and he did not show up to SmackDown <laughs> when I was there. So I did not get to see him. Um, but I did get to see him for WrestleMania 19, and it was phenomenal, man. These guys put on a bloody, uh, uh, just a bloody brawl, man, an old-fashioned street fight. Hulk Hogan versus the chairman, Vince McMahon. And man, let me tell you, this buildup was insane. I still remember to this day, um, I was sitting right across from Vince McMahon when he went under the apron and pulled out that pipe and he gave us the most ridiculous smile ever. And he was just (laughs) a crimson mask. And he gave us the classic Vince McMahon look like he was about to just maim Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> he came just the facial expressions, man. Just the, the facial. Man, what, what a genius. You know what I mean? This is Vince McMahon in his prime. Like he just, he knew what he was doing. He knew how to, how to pull the crowd in. He knew how to tell a story. Just absolutely brilliant. Loved this match. Um, it ended up going... Uh, so Vince McMahon was bleeding very bad, obviously, but late into the match, um, Roddy Piper showed up. So what a shock, man. I get to see Roddy Piper in the ring. Um, did not expect this shit to happen whatsoever. Um, it, it was cool though. He, I mean, he, t- he takes off the, he takes off the mask and, um, he hit Hulk Hogan with a pipe. I don't even know where the hell this was going because this didn't even have a payoff. I don't that that I can remember anyway. I remember just Roddy Piper interfering in the match and hitting Hulk Hogan with the pipe. Of course, Hulk Hogan ended up uh, doing his thing, hulking up and delivering the big boot. 
three running leg drops to Vince McMahon, not just one, but three, and successfully pinned Vince McMahon. Hogan won the match. Um, don't know what happened with Piper. I cannot remember. I'm sure. I, I hope that there was a payoff, but I cannot remember to the, for the life of me what happened after that. Yeah, I don't even remember. I remember Piper coming in or someone in the mask attacking Hogan, and yeah, here comes the pipe, and here comes Piper, coincidentally, pun intended. Um, and yeah, I drew him. This was a fun match. And, you know, what I love about Vince is, you know, yeah, we give him a lot of shit that he does that we don't like. But man, his facial expressions in the ring just show that he enjoys his wrestling. And, you know, obviously the build up to this was very not very great. You know, McMahon going after Hogan and telling him that you're, you know, pretty much an a hole for going and jumping with WCW and all that. And it was a good build up. And, yeah, what I remember from this match, um, besides Piper showing up, was uh, Vince McMahon doing a leg drop, I believe, from the commentary table to uh, Hogan on the floor. I, I was thinking, man, this old-ass man was doing this. You know, I mean, he does some crazy shit, but, man, this was a fun match. And, you know, Hogan, as old as he was, and McMahon, you're wondering, well, okay, what are they going to do? All right, street fight. Okay, maybe you'll have some, you know, something we're going to enjoy that's different. And uh, there was actually a stipulation on this. If Hogan had lost, he would have had to have retire. And uh, yeah, I don't recall any payoff with, with what the hell they did with Roddy Piper. I know Hogan later on, they did that Mr. America gimmick. I believe you recall uh, watching that. And uh, yeah, so, yeah. so I just remember Piper showing up and, and, and I, I remember uh, saying, who's the fat guy in the ring. And then, all of a sudden, um, we he reveals that it's Piper, and I just think, damn, like <laughs> doesn't even look like Roddy Piper, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, and then I also remember that moment with um, with Vince McMahon. I remember uh, seeing him look up on the apron and having that sadistic smile, and then I seen it on the big screen, and and I was in tears, like because I could see him where I was at. But when you see it on the screen and actually see what he's doing, <laughs> it's just classic, man. Like what what storytelling at its finest, man. I mean, the match was not what I expected it to be. I thought that the match was going to be kind of slow. Ended up turning into a great bloodbath. And um, uh, it's probably Hogan's last good match. I would have to say that was his, his final match. His final hoorah, right? Because the year before he faced The Rock, and I don't think anything's going to top that for Hulk Hogan, but this match was definitely a good follow-up. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, just just the chemistry, just like, you know, Jericho and uh, Sean, you know, this was good chemistry as well. The storyline and the buildup was great. Hell, even most of the cards buildup was great. 2003, the buildup and all the writing was great. And... uh you know, Hulk Hogan, of course, there were so many Hulkamaniacs in the crowd. Um, I remember there was a couple of dozens of people dressed up as Hogan. And then Vince and those facial expressions, my goodness, that guy knows how to put on an act. And he does it really damn well. Um, I think the blood was necessary. Um, but, yeah, it was a very good good telling match. And uh, this one, of course, another classic that you should rewatch on the network. I would recommend this one. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal, man. It was it, it was absolutely fun to watch. Um, there was no getting up for me after um, that pillow fight. That was the one time that I had gotten up the entire night. 
Um, the next match um, needs no introduction. This is Stone Cold's very final match, um, and it's against The Rock. So much history between these two guys. They faced off a, a number of times, two other times previous at WrestleMania. And um, yeah, I mean, what storytelling? We had a we had a really bad scare with Steve Austin um, the night before WrestleMania in Seattle. Um, I remember Jim Ross talking about it in an interview and saying that they thought that he had a heart attack. And so um, we almost didn't get this classic match. And um, originally it was supposed to be Steve Austin going over again. And Steve Austin decided that he wanted to put the rock over in this one. Which I agree. The right person went over. Of course, Steve won the other two matches and uh, you know, the rock went over and uh, yeah, I did hear something about that, that uh, Steve was like in the hospital the day before and uh, he was getting like a little nervous about the match, and still he put on the hell of a match. The Rock, I would say, carried most of the match, but it was a great match whatsoever. Um, Heel Rock was great, um, and then like like uh, Jericho from earlier, Rock was you know taunting Steve Austin. I believe he did a stunner or two, and he put on his vest at one point. And, uh, oh yeah, it was a classic back and forth storytelling. It, it, it was so amazing. So this match, I will get into a little bit of detail cause I just watched it. So the match just began with, uh, Austin, the Austin, the rock brawling at the ring in the ring. Sorry about that. Um, which ended up at ringside throughout the match. The rock worked, uh, over Austin's leg. Obviously Austin has a history of knee problems, uh, both knees. So this was storytelling at its finest from the rock. And, um, and this also included a sharpshooter onto Austin. The Rock had begun to taunt Austin as he put on his vest and imitated his taunts, which led to both, uh, which led both to use their finishers with unsuccessful pinfalls. So you had The Rock um, hitting a Stone Cold Stunner on on Austin, and you had Austin hitting the Rock Bottom. Um, I would have liked to see Austin throw a people's elbow in there, but I get why they didn't do it. It would have been hilarious, but that's okay. I- I'll go without it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was just back and forth. Um, and then after The Rock, um, he failed to win with the people's elbow. The Rock then performed two rock bottoms onto Austin for two near falls. The Rock performed a third rock bottom on Austin for the win, completely putting Austin over. Um, this, this was a huge sign of respect from The Rock. Um, he didn't want to just beat him with one. He had to beat him with three because this is stone cold. Steve Austin. We're talking about after the match. Um, even though rock was playing his little Hollywood gimmick at the time, um, super heel, mega heel. And you still seen the respect shown from the rock to Austin. He, uh, patted his chest, pointed at stone cold, Steve Austin and left the ring for Austin to, to get his standing ovation from the crowd. Just absolutely phenomenal. Gives me goosebumps thinking about it, that I was there for Steve Austin's final match. Oh, yeah, I do recall him giving them uh, respect. Um, it was after Rock pinned him uh, with the third people's, um, with the finisher. Um, yeah, he told him pretty much thank you and everything. And it was like a passing of the torch in a way. Um, of course, Rock left later on, but, you know, just very, very good chemistry. And let me just say this right now. Um, Hill Rock, Hollywood Rock is probably my favorite of all time. Hell, probably. And I would say probably my favorite theme song of all time. Um, it was the best. It was the best. No, hands, hands down. Hands down. It was the best. 
Yeah, of course. And um, man, this, you know, being Steve's last match, what a match it was to end your career on, especially at the biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, I'm glad The Rock went over. Um, he had to win at least one, and I think this was the perfect one to win. Um, and, man, this is, you know, just like this is like a phenomenal match, just like obviously ones I could think of. Rock always puts on a hell of a match. Rock and Hogan was a hell of a match. This one, another classic. And once this again, was just history in the making, man. It, it, it was just history in the making. You know, you're always going to talk about um, the rock versus Hulk Hogan, right? You're always going to bring that up. Possibly the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And um, I'll stand behind that statement. Um, there was just no feeling like watching the rock and Hulk Hogan in the ring. That crowd was just absolutely insane. It was jacked. I've never seen a crowd react so pumped in my life. Um, but this match was touchy feely on all levels, man, because we all at the time, most wrestling fans had just grown up on these two, right? They'd learned to love both of these guys. So when Austin was saying his farewell, everybody knew that this was happening. And, um, it, it was, it was, a, it was a tough pill to swallow. Let me just say that, but history in the making, what a follow up for the rock to, uh, you know, face Hulk Hogan one year have the possibly the greatest match of WrestleMania history to come back and give stone cold his final match at WrestleMania the following year. I mean, what a, like what a way to follow up. You know what I mean? The rock always staying consistent and always giving the people what they want. Stone cold, no different. Um, I, I feel like Hulk Hogan and the rock both delivered on their follow-up matches on WrestleMania 19. And just and just imagine, I believe uh, earlier Rock stated or he hinted that he was going to re- he hinted at retirement as well after the match too. So just imagine if this if this was their last match at all together. Just imagine how the impact of it would have been, and just the whole wrestling company in general. This was a hell of a match, and if this was their last match, you know, together for both of them, bravo. This was like the per- this would have been the perfect ending for both of them, um, especially good for Steve. Well, I mean, technically, this was The Rock's last good match. I would have to say this is the last good match that he's had. He had a great match with Cena, you know what I mean, when he came back and everything. But, I mean, this was obviously The Rock in his prime. Um, He was on to bigger and better things in Hollywood, obviously. Um, It was sad to see him go because, um, and and as a matter of fact, losing The Rock and and Stone Cold at the same time was kind of that um, hit that WWE took. Um, I mean, they, they still, you know, they still delivered great products for, for a few more years to come, but, um, this was the beginning of the end for them. Um, when it came to top star talent, eventually we would have, uh, John Cena come in the fold. Um, triple H was still wrestling. So thank God for that. Um, so we still had some top talent, but I mean, there were no talent is like stone cold of the rock. So this was kind of like the final, uh, final farewell, right? Pretty much. I mean, because The Rock after this, I believe, fought Goldberg like, what, a month later or so. So, you know. And that match sucked. Yep, of course. And that was pretty much his farewell. And, of course, he came back years later. But, um, yeah, obviously, Rock and Steve Austin, the most charismatic wrestlers at the time, gone. I mean, you you still had some top guys up there. You still had Kane. You still had Rob Van Dam, Mysterio, the Hardys. 
Taker was still there. And we still had the greatness of Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. They still held it up. Triple H was there. Um, Brock and Kurt were there for for some time as well. But, uh, yeah, these guys, you know, when you think of wrestling, these are probably the two first guys I think of. I mean, besides Hulk Hogan, um, I was a big fan of The Rock. I've always liked The Rock more than Steve Austin. But, um, man, you know, this match – like it's just another classic, just another one in the WWE vault that you should remember and recommended to watch for sure. Um, and yeah, it was sad to see the Rock leave later on for Hollywood. Steve Austin with his last match and all the neck issues he had and and whatnot. Man, I could just remember this match like it was yesterday. It was very storytelling. I would watch it over and over as well. It was a great co-main event for WrestleMania 19. This card, um, if I haven't convinced you or we haven't convinced you yet, was the best WrestleMania, period. I mean, you don't, you never had a card this stacked. I, it, you can argue all day it was never as stacked as it was this night. WrestleMania 17, phenomenal WrestleMania. 18, I absolutely loved as well. But the whole card being stacked like that and delivering matches like this all night long, eh-eh. Didn't happen. I'm sorry. WrestleMania 19, it was the best. It was uh, the end-all, be-all for WrestleMania. This There has not been a WrestleMania as great or before. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, that brings us to our main event. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but a baby-faced Brock Lesnar faces a heel Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship, where if Kurt Angle was disqualified or counted out, he would lose the title. Um, not a fan of baby-faced Lesnar. I'm just not, um, but this match delivered, man. It delivered fully. Um, it, it was great. The match began with uh, Lesnar and Angle wrestling back and forth until Angle countered. Shoulder block into a German suplex. Lesnar would uh, then attempt an F5 on Angle, but Angle countered it into an ankle lock. Um, Lesnar was able to escape out of. Um, as Lesnar escaped, Angle would hit an angle slam for a near fall. Um, he, he later attempted another angle slam. However, uh, Lesnar countered into an F five for a near fall. Uh, Lesnar performed another F five and instead of covering angle, Lesnar climbed to the top rope and botched a shooting star press that I thought killed him, um, on the angle, um, which was originally supposed to be the finish. This was supposed to be the finish to this match. And they've talked about this, um, angle used to perform this back in OVW, um, yeah, I mean, um, so where I was sitting, tell you a quick story where I was sitting, we started chanting shooting star did not know this fucking crazy guy was going to perform this. Like did not know that he was going to get up there and actually do a shooting star. Um, we were shooting and we, uh, we were shouting this and all laughing at the same time, had no idea that this was actually written in the match. <laughs> <laughs> like, so when I seen it, when I seen uh, Lesnar go up there and try to perform this, uh, I I thought he was gonna die, and sure enough, he almost did. Oh yeah, I would say so. I mean, just the surprise element of him doing a shooting star press and practically almost killing himself in the damn middle of the ring in the main event. Man, what a, what a crazy bastard! You know, um, obviously not going for the pin, doing that. You know, eventually after that, he eventually did another F5 and uh, won the match. But, uh, yeah, these guys started slow at first, and then the wrestling chemistry started getting there. 
you know, back and forth. It felt like collegiate wrestling in the ring, and eventually Kurt Angle got some hits on him and some suplexes. Um, but uh, and I always been a fan of this of when the championship is always the uh, the main event, which I think it always should be. And uh, these guys were two future stars for the company, and uh, you know what a good follow up after Rock and Austin, I would say. Um, he, uh, I would say that yeah. Brock as a face was kind of odd angle angle whatsoever. He can play both characters good, but you know, he'll, he'll angle is very, very good as well. Um, angle is quite bet possibly the best wrestler in the world. The best. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say it. Um, he, he is probably the best wrestler that has ever been. Oh yeah. I would totally agree. I mean, angle, he's a Olympic freaking gold medalist that won it with a broken neck. Do I need to say any more? He's a hell of a talent. <laughs> it's been said quite a bit, but after this shooting star press hit on Angle, um, Angle actually covered Lesnar <laughs> after this. I don't know if you remember that, but Angle covered Lesnar <laughs> after Lesnar botched this. And I'm, I'm, you got to think, you know, that maybe he's talking to Lesnar and trying to wake him up during this pinfall because the kickout was very... Um, was very weird looking. Um, Angle had, or I mean, uh, sorry about that. Lesnar has has noted on several occasions that he was knocked out during the rest of this match and does not remember finishing this match. He ended up picking uh, Angle up and F5-ing him. The F5 looked great. You wouldn't even be able to tell that um, that Lesnar was out of it, but when you look into Lesnar's eyes, you can definitely t- tell that, somebody's, that nobody's home. Um, I don't know how he ended up pulling this finish out but um i'm sure glad he did like i said the original finish was supposed to be the shooting star press that was supposed to end the match um lesnar wanted to do it um the wwe officials told him multiple times not to do it um they don't want to see him performing that as a matter of fact when they hired lesnar les that was lesnar's finishing move and vince mcmahon refused to let him do that because he just wants to see big men work like big men do and um unfortunately um, him not being him not doing this for so long, and then him trying to have his WrestleMania moment kind of almost cost him his life. And thank God he's okay. Um, the match ended with the F5. Uh, Lesnar got the title. It was a great, great night of wrestling. Um, the best night of wrestling that I could ever remember. And I'm so glad that I was there live. Um, yeah, I just I don't think that there was a pay-per-view that ever topped this, especially when it comes to WrestleMania. This was one of the best WWE pay-per-views ever produced. And that's not just counting WrestleManias, that's counting all. That's counting every pay-per-view. And if you have something to say, once again, I'm on Twitter at Carter Inc. C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. Come and talk to me. I don't care. I will stand by that. One of the best WWE pay-per-views of all time. I would agree with it. I mean, and plus, there wasn't that main, that was probably the main botch of the show. Really, there was nothing else. Maybe a couple things got got tweaked, but um, honestly, just what a great card! All the matches were in the right spots, and uh, you know that Lesnar and Angle match, even with him botching the shooting star press, it was still a good match, wouldn't you say for yourself? 
Oh, it was amazing. It was a phenomenal match. I mean, the match was great. I mean, yeah, one botch isn't going to spoil the match for me. And all for all the internet fans out there, you know, even for currently, we just watched uh, AEW All Out. And, um, you know, Matt Seidel had a little slip up on the on the ring rope. That's not going to ruin this battle royal for me. I'm sorry. Matt Seidel, I mean, this, this shit happens. People mess up. I mean, it was a different atmosphere for Matt Seidel. That does not make him any less of a wrestler. Like, this guy is phenomenal. Matt Seidel is one of the best performers in the world. Um, I mean, it's not going to ruin the wrestler for me. It did not ruin Brock Lesnar for me. I thought that Brock Lesnar was a star to be made. Um, unfortunately, it only lasted a couple more years for him. But then he came back bigger than ever. I mean, you can say what you want, that he hijacked the title recently and he did his thing. But... I. I'm Lesnar puts asses in seats. And I mean, you can argue that fact all day, but people pay to see Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar comes out, Brock Lesnar gets a reaction period. It's money. I mean, it's, it's business. You can say what you want about the guy, but the guy um, is there to, to better the business. It's kind of sad that people are going to sit there and say the things they do about Brock Lesnar, considering um, he was one of the best champions for years that I can remember. And you can say, oh, well, he didn't defend the title here and here. The title does not need to be defended every pay-per-view. Let me repeat that. The title does not need to be defended every pay-per-view. I mean, I don't know what is up with wrestling fans nowadays that they just want to see this title flip-flop back and forth. That is not for me. I grew up in the era of Sting versus Hulk Hogan. It took over a year for this buildup to happen. The match finally happened and Sting finally got the title. Yes, the match ended up sucking, but I mean, he still got the title. It was a phenomenal buildup and that sells. I mean, that's the reason why Monday Night Raw sucks so bad now. That's the reason why Friday Night SmackDown sucks so bad is they're not in it for the long term. They're in it for a couple of weeks until they get onto a pay-per-view and they switch the title off. I mean... That's not the wrestling that I that I grew up to watch and love. I like a story. I like a buildup. Like, how am I going to get excited about a new champion when this guy's only been champion for two months? I mean, it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. It doesn't affect me as much as it would have having a champion hold this title for a couple of years and just like, man, I just wish somebody would beat him. That's investing you. That is putting you into this match. It's pulling you hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you have to think about this. You have to consider this kind of thing. Um, just because he's your favorite wrestler does not mean that he needs the title. The Fiend is a great example for that. The Fiend did not need the title. So then when The Fiend lost to Seth Rollins, guess what? Everybody said that, oh, Seth Rollins buried The Fiend. No, WWE buried The Fiend. Um, and, and you fans buried The Fiend for wanting him to be champion, for wanting this stuff too soon. I mean... Not everybody needs to be champion, okay? Like, The Fiend was not that kind of character. He didn't need a title. Um, he was getting over without a belt. Um, I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, no, um, this match was phenomenal. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle killed it. Uh, perfect ending to WrestleMania 19. Perfect ending for wrestling. Uh, a great night of, of pay-per-view. Um, I, I, I can't say anything more. I mean, these guys killed it. Um, Brock Lesnar being professional, like he still finished the match with a phenomenal F five. It didn't look sketchy. We didn't get a, a Goldberg botch at the end. I mean, yeah, he messed up a shooting star press, but th dude, this guy was like 265 pounds. Hadn't done this move in over four years. 
I mean, what do you expect is going to happen? When you go to WrestleMania, and especially for wrestler, you're going to go balls out and do something that just puts that X factor out there. And I'm going to second that. Brock Lesnar, yeah, sadly he left a couple years later on, went to UFC, came back bigger and better, and he will put your asses in the seat. I'm going to vote on that and say I did the same because I went to like four WrestleManias. All right, WrestleManias. <laughs> I wish. Um, I'm going to say that Lesnar put your ass in the seat. When I went to SummerSlam four, I believe three or four times in uh, Los Angeles, he was always on the damn card. Everybody wanted to see him. Even I was a mark. I wore his UFC merchandise. I wore his wrestling merchandise. That guy was a hell of a star whatsoever. And also, that is why we're called the Pro Wrestling Shoot. We're going to shoot on what we believe in. It's true. I like the long-term long-term champions, not somebody that holds it for two months and then loses it or hot potato it pretty much. I mean, it's just, just like not turn- giving you any time to build any investment. You know what I mean? Like you're not building investment into these champions. You're not doing anything. I mean, look at poor Kofi Kingston. It was all Kofi mania, Kofi mania, Kofi mania. And then Kofi gets the title. Oh, well, this guy didn't live up to his title run. And this, well, you know what, dude, when you fans sit there and shout this at Vince McMahon and he's so hurting for ratings that he's going to actually listen to you and he's going to do his thing and, 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 please the crowd by giving Kofi the title and then he has a crappy run. Dude, Co- I, I'm going to go on and say it. Kofi Kingston is not heavyweight championship material. I'm sorry. It, he's not. He's he's never been a heavyweight champion in my eyes. I mean, he's a great, phenomenal wrestler. I'm not knocking Kofi's skill, but he is just not that. He's not what we're used to being as a heavyweight champion. We don't need to just put the title on anybody that the fans want to get over. Yes. Does Kofi deserve it? Of course he does. Kofi Kingston is a phenomenal person in real life. I've met him at least three times and you know, excellent guy. So fun to talk to down to earth. Very nice. Hardworking. His work ethic is through the roof. Um, I just think it was a little too, uh, too little too late. They should have put the title on Kofi Kingston when he was facing Randy Orton, but instead Randy Orton got all butthurt at the time and all that kind of stuff happened. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but they eventually put the title on Kofi and then the fans are going to cry about it. I mean, even though they wanted it. So, I mean, yeah, sorry for ranting folks, but this is just the, the cold, hard truth about professional wrestling. You guys, you guys are, quite possibly can be the worst fans alive when it comes to the internet community. It's I want, I want, oh, it didn't happen. I'm so mad. Dude, I, I, you know, in the internet, when the internet wasn't around and we were watching WCW Nitro or we were watching WWF uh, Raw, we didn't have that platform to come and cry on for Vince McMahon to read later on. You know how much heat there would have been? There would have been, there would have been so much heat. Twitter would have been a bad thing back in the day, you know, you know how much Sting. Well, and you got to think about it this way. Like, w- would we have had a Sting and Hogan? Would we have had a Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock if we would have had social media back then? Who knows? Or we w- would we would we have like I mean, two cool running around with the world title? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just it's just so weird. You know, we could have seen a Takamichinoku run. I mean, I, who knows? It's just whoever the fans think is over at the time that that's who they're putting the title on. And I mean, 
um, I'm sorry. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't buy for me. You know what I mean? I love what AEW is doing right now. You know what I mean? John Moxley's kept this title for a long time. I wish that MJF would have taken it, but I understand. And guess what? I'm not butthurt over it because I, it's investing me. It's investing me long-term who is going to beat John Moxley for this world title. Um, that's what we need in pro wrestling. And sometimes you don't need to listen to the fans. I mean, that's the point. They're supposed to book it and surprise, give you the surprise element. They don't need to give in to you. Yeah, AEW does it here once in a while. They'll listen to the fans and give you, you know, like in Cody's case when he's doing when he was doing those, uh, you know, you uh, TNT title match challenges. He would get a uh, wrestler from another promotion. That I'm fine with, but sometimes the fans can be ignorant and, like you said, everybody wanted Kofi Kingston as champion, not myself. Um, you know, and his run, I didn't see him as a world champion. It just, it just felt like, okay, he's built up. All right, he won the title. Now he wasn't, you know, he should have won it. Like, like you said, he shouldn't have won it back in the day. But of course, you know, Randy Orton was a veteran at the time, and he was one of Vince's boys, and of course, Triple H's boy. And um, you know, just sometimes the wrestling fans don't know what the hell they're talking about. Just like. I feel they're like they're earlier. booking they they booked the wrong guy. Yes, Kofi Kingston was very deserving of this title. Very deserving. Like I said, I'm there's not enough nice things that I can say about Kofi Kingston. Absolutely love him. His his in-ring ability is phenomenal. But if if I, you know, and I'm not the booker, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm Mr. Know-it-all cuz I'm not. I don't you know, I don't run a wrestling promotion. I don't do this. Um but in my eyes, I know what I get invested in and I know what I, what really hooked me on to where, I, oh man, I, just, I, I cannot wait till next week to see on Monday Night Raw to see what happens. I can give a shit less about Monday Night Raw now. I can watch the highlights and just be fine with that. I mean, I'm not going to watch the full show now because there's nothing investing me. There's nothing like hooking me in to where I just have to watch it now. Um to me, if I was booking, I would have booked Big E a long time ago to be the world champion because Big E has that it factor to me. Like this guy, giant, giant man, performer, he's athletic, he's fast. He's one of the fastest big men that they have today. He's up there with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is fast for the size that Kevin Owens is. Um, he's not He's not muscular or anything. He's pretty pudgy, and Kevin Owens delivers every time. So, I mean... It, Big E would have been the guy that I would have had my eye on. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should have done this a lot sooner. Now they're doing it where they're trying to build him to world champion ter- material. But, you know, they should have done this a long time ago. And I know I get shit on for this all the time. I do not care. If they wanted to put Big E, you know, as world champion, I've stated this many times. You and Chris would know this. I've said this. They need to break up that damn team. You know, I know people hate when... You know, stars can't ever be a thing. Breaking up tag teams is terrible. Well, they did it with Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yes, I know Marty Jannetty didn't do shit after all, and Shawn Michaels was the biggest damn thing. But Biggie had the size, and Vince, you know how he is. He likes his muscular guys. You know, hell, like I have stated, Biggie could have screwed Kofi over. They would have had a long build-up feud, and, you know, it worked. It was fun when the fans demanded it with, with Daniel Bryan. And they had that thing where they, you know, hijacked the show. Kofi or Daniel Bryan, I actually was fine with it. I was glad he won the title, um, you know, because Vince, I know, refused to have him as champion. Kofi's just felt a little 
playoff. I don't know. Just, all right, let's play with the fans. Let's do this. And then, you know, he gets through so many damn title match title matches, wins them all. And then here comes Lesnar to, you know, what was it? Like 10 seconds on the debut of Friday on the squash. Yeah. So it's like, don't ever listen to the fans. Vince, I know we hate him. Yes, he does some stupid shit, but he has some creative mind sometimes. Just let him do what he can do, and he might surprise you. He does not need to please you whatsoever. He might not please you this show, but it might. That's why they got to build it up and build it up to a well, bigger I, I, moment. I do dis- I do disagree with that. He does need to please us, but what I'm saying is just the title in in general. You know what I mean? We don't need to be having a a flip flopping title. You know what I mean? Because they like these titles in WWE. They have no prestige. There's zero prestige in these belts anymore. And that's what I liked about Lesnar. That brings me back to Lesnar. He had prestige in the universal title. He had prestige in the WWE title. He was the only guy that was building this prestige. The Miz. The Miz had prestige in the Intercontinental title. Now the Intercontinental title, it doesn't mean anything. This was one of the top titles for WWE for years. And now it means nothing at all. So, I mean... I, I do believe that Vince needs to please the fans. He does. But at the same time, the fans need to realize that you're not going to get invested into something if you want a new champion every month. You wanted Kofi Kingston as champion. Kofi Kingston got the title. As soon as Kofi Kingston got the title, it was like, okay, who who's next? That's, that's what everybody was thinking. They were already done. As soon as Kofi won it, they were already ready to uh, move on. So, I mean... It is what it is, but this is just my opinion on everything. I'm not a I'm not a professional, so I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I just feel like um, the internet has ruined professional wrestling when it comes to storytelling. Um, I'm going to stick by that, and I think that a lot of people can agree with me on that as well, especially some of the wrestlers um, that do that perform today. They can agree that the internet. Um, is, is a hard workaround, but a lot of people can use the internet to their advantage at the same time. So, I mean, it is, it is what you make it, I guess. But on that note, man, um, once again, phenomenal main event, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, pulled it off. They had a huge fireworks show at the end of it. Um, called it a night. Um, I, I absolutely love this WrestleMania. There was not a WrestleMania better, uh, before or after, um, this was the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And quite frankly, one of the greatest WWE pay-per-views of all time. Um, I had fun watching it, man. I was so glad that I got to be there live. Um, I was there with, uh, my brother, um, who is now passed away. So, um, he bought me this ticket to WrestleMania. It was one of the great moments that I got to share with him, um, before, before his time was up. When I won tickets to WrestleMania 24, um, it was it was only right to pay him back and I got to take him. So we went to WrestleMania 24 and got to share that moment. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to share it with anybody else. It was, it was great, man. It's always going to be etched in my memory and, and it always makes me smile that I got to share so many great moments with my brother. Um, he was also with me at that no mercy that we were talking about earlier where Shawn Michaels faced Chris Jericho for the world title in a ladder match. Um, Chris Jericho's best match, in my opinion. Um, I don't know about Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels has had some good ones, but yeah, I mean, phenomenal night, man. WrestleMania 19, win-win. Oh, yeah, this was a 
you know, just a phenomenal pay-per-view and like not just any pay-per-view. WrestleMania always has to be the biggest one. It's like practically the Super Bowl for wrestling. And uh, I think this delivered. I mean, it's always ranted, like we said earlier, 17 and 19. But I think this one, for some reason, it just felt more the chemistry and all the matches were just there. The storylines were built up. 2003 was a great wrestling year, I would say, for myself. Um, and I think this was a good time because this is obviously this was my first ever show practically that I ever got into wrestling. First match was Hogan versus McMahon. I didn't know who the hell Hulk Hogan was. And I know that would be a shocker to people, but I wasn't really introduced to wrestling until this time just because I randomly walked into my grandfather's house and he illegally had this on. <laughs> um, but um, what a hell. He legally of- had this on. He legally. He, it, it was totally legal. Well, well, back in the day, uh, well, 2003, my f- grandfather, no, I don't no. know. It, it was legal. Okay. Um, anyways, this Just is a shut hell the of fuck a... up, James. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> this was just a phenomenal WrestleMania. And uh, this one, I don't think there's ever going to be a mania that beats this one. This one pretty much hit the damn home run out of the park. And I don't blame, you know. The attendance record will always stay the same here at Safeco Field. This was a hell of a pay-per-view, and, you know, for you to be there in attendance, you were lucky as hell. You saw things that most of us wish we would have saw. Stone Cold's last match, Hogan versus McMahon, you know, Lesnar doing a shooting star press. Like, oh, my God. Sean versus Jericho, I believe this was their first time fighting. You know, 2003 was a great wrestling year. This was probably the greatest and more likely the best WrestleMania of all time. It's still always going to be debated between this one and 19 uh, or 17. Um, but this one, 10 out of 10, in my opinion, hell of a pay-per-view. And then obviously the performances and the music, the arena setup, you know, Limp Biscuit. Was it, was just a, it was just a 10 out of 10, man. A plus night. Um, definitely a win for um, WWE. They ended up making like $2.38 million just in the gate alone. I mean, this is when business is booming, man. You're right. 2003 was a phenomenal year for the WWE. And as we wind down, man, I mean, um, did you make that OnlyFans yet? Can they find you on OnlyFans, Grinder, TikTok? What, what's up? Just on the PlayStation 4 uh, TikTok I actually got into recently. Um but uh <laughs> oh so you're yeah, so you're serious i actually am i was you know for the longest time really not into tiktok but uh i'm oh, on it, damn it! <laughs> hey um but yeah i'm on playstation 4 you can give me you can hit me up you know always gonna be playing madden for the time being and probably uh whatever that new wwe game coming out i believe this week or next week um at renegade l2k I ain't buying that crap. Are you telling me that there's no nudie booties on OnlyFans yet? No. Shit. Okay. Well, on that note, um, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. You can follow me on Twitter at Carter Inc. C A R D E R I N C. Um. Yeah, the live streams are coming, guys. Once again, they're coming. Um, 
life just happens. You know what I mean? And uh, I just am not ready right now to sit and entertain you with my face. So for right now, you're going to get some uh, audio content. I hope you enjoyed the show. Come follow the page, man. Show some love. Listen to some other uh, episodes that we've done. We have some great interviews on there. Um, yeah, make sure to come and like the the Pro Wrestling Shoot pages on Facebook and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter, man. Come show me some love. Talk to me. Uh, interact. Um, ask some questions. I don't care, man. We'll add it on the show. Just interact with us, man. We love seeing um, everybody's opinions. You know what I mean? Whether it be hate or good. I don't care. Bring it on, man. It's all good. Don't forget to go to the YouTube and Twitch pages at the Pro Wrestling Shoot and subscribe to be notified as soon as we drop some content. It's coming. I promise. On that note, I hope you enjoyed the show and have a great week, everybody. James, take it easy, brother. Yeah, you take good care as well and uh, great podcast and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Peace.